Welcome to Dyslexic Life with Joe Reese, the podcast, episode 16. At least I think it is, I haven't actually checked. Anyway, hope everybody has had a really great week. I'm going to crack straight on this week because I have got lots of things that I want to talk to you about. It's been a busy week with more exam access arrangements happening, which has been fantastic. Um, We've got such good systems in place now at one of the secondary schools I support, which is fab. Um, So I've been busy doing that. I've also been busy back doing assessments, kind of the January lull is over and inquiries are coming in thick and fast. And interestingly, I've assessed a couple of adults um, in this last week, which has just been brilliant. And it's quite interesting because the thing that they seem to have in common that had kind of triggered them kind of wanting to know that they were dyslexic were issues that had happened in their workplace around emails. So kind of pre-pandemic, in a workplace, it was quite easy for people with dyslexia to hide in as much as you could probably get away with doing a minimal kind of written content, if you like, Um, And, you know, things like if you kind of work in the medical profession, I guess you just learn to spell the words that you that you need to spell. Kind of you take notes, it's more kind of like bullet points. Um, And you would have those ad hoc conversations, maybe at the photocopier, maybe as you bumped into people in the corridor, in in the staff room, or you'd pop across the office and have a conversation. Since the pandemic, Kind of the whole working from home thing has, has obviously boomed, which is which is brilliant. Um, but also people tend to communicate way more via email, which is great if you don't have dyslexia. However, if you're dyslexic and you're having to do that written correspondence, you come across all sorts of problems. So to begin with, your dyslexia is likely very evident because it's there in black and white in terms of your kind of grammatical errors, spelling errors, typos, that that kind of thing. So it can be more difficult to keep it hidden. In order to keep it hidden, you're going to have to really slow down, read, read again, kind of rephrase things. Obviously, if you're slowing down that means you're probably not going to be as effective in your in your workplace. I think the other thing to bear in mind with emails is the amount of emails that come in. So those ad hoc conversations where you wouldn't need to be reading any information, it's like a double whammy really, because you're having to read the information as well, which is additional strain on working memory. So it can also obviously take longer to read information. Again, when we read information quickly, that's when errors tend to happen and we don't kind of, we make errors or we misread things and don't do the right action. So actually emails, interestingly, have been a bit of a a thing that have kind of caused adults that I've assessed recently to come forward for an assessment. Luckily, none of them are competency cases. It's genuinely like workplaces have put them forward or they've self-referred for assessment because they just kind of want to know what's going on. Um, But I just thought that was quite interesting that... um, emails were were the thing that was kind of causing them to kind of unstuck and kind of had exposed them. Um, I think it's also interesting to note that you really are never too old to have an assessment. So in the last six weeks before Christmas as well, I have assessed a 49-year-old, a 51-year-old, a 58-year-old, 
and a 63-year-old. So you truly are never too old to find out if you have dyslexia. Um, And what's been so brilliant is most of these assessments have been administered online. Um, So, you know, online assessments is definitely making a bigger impact for me in terms of the amount of people that I'm able to help. So that's been fantastic. Um, I've been quite active on social media as well in the last week, kind of sharing bits and pieces on TikTok. Um, I've written a, a, a blog post as well um, about, about emails if you want to read um, more about that. Oh, I guess I should maybe talk about strategies. So some of the strategies that we have been that we talked about using to support with emails were installing things like Grammarly that help you check your grammar um speaking dictation so using something like google docs to speak your ideas in into the email and then you can edit it from there slightly less strain on working memory because you've already got kind of a basis to work with and the other thing is using chat gpt to formulate kind of like an the basis of an email you can edit the other thing is if you know that you have got standard emails that you send time and time again Um, is creating sort of templates of emails that you can edit. Um, That can be quite helpful as well. So sorry, should have shared those, should have shared those strategies before I finish talking about emails. So one of the things I talked about on social media this week was the saga of the credit note. Um, So before Christmas, I made a bit, well, I made a bit of an error, like like you sometimes do, it was a dyslexic error. Something didn't get saved properly on the computer and I ended up invoicing for a piece of work twice. Um, Realised, but couldn't do anything about it because I literally emailed literally before, like, um, on that last Friday before, like, we all broke up for Christmas. Anyway, unfortunately, before I had a chance to tell the provision that I'd invoiced twice, um, they had paid both invoices. So it wasn't a problem. I dro- I refunded the money and I dropped them an email to say, I'm really sorry, I've invoiced, invoiced twice, um, refunded it, like, apologies, let me know if you need me to do anything else. So I had this email back saying, yeah, please could you just do a little credit note? So I was like, yeah, 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 I can do a credit note, no problem at all. Well... I've never had to do a credit note before. I've never seen what a credit note looks like before. I'm not making excuses, but I trained to be a teacher, like running a business. I have had no formal training in in running a business. So I was like, what does a credit note like even look like? And it's really funny how I just was procrastinating with it because I didn't know how to do it. Yes, I could have Googled it and I did Google it and they all look like really different and I just wasn't really quite sure what I needed to do, what what information it did need to have on it, what information it didn't need to have on it. So I left it, left it, left it, and did get an email from the from the company a few days late, later saying, just to remind you, we do need a credit note. Anyway, eventually, this week, I asked my husband to help me because it's something that he does come across often. And um, he was like, yeah, it's like dead easy. This is what we're going to do. And he knocked it up in about like literally less than five minutes. Um, like with my logo and everything on it. And he went, you've got a performer now that you can use, like, if you ever need to do it again. He was like, I don't really get what the issue was with it. But I couldn't, I needed to see what it looked like. And once I'd seen what it looked like and what needed to be on, on it, I wasn't being lazy. I just genuinely didn't quite know where where to start with it. But when I could see it, it kind of made 
total sense. And I think this is something that people with dyslexia experience often. We procrastinate on things that we're not really sure what to do because we can't visualise it. We can't, can't see it. Um, you know, I've been coaching a student recently that really needs to contact the hospital for some notes for whatever reason. And, um, you know, they've been putting it off, putting it off. And like literally every day I'm like texting saying, come on. And in the end, I ended up writing like a draft email for them that they could edit. They did it by the end of the day. Because sometimes it's not that we're being lazy. It's we just genuinely can't get our head around what it needs to look like. But then when we've seen it, we're like, oh, I don't know why we procrastinated over that for so long and why we didn't ask for help earlier. Um, but I think it's possibly because it it's tricky, but it possibly also exposes our dyslexia as well. I don't know. But anyway, that was the saga of the credit note. Um, and I think this will make you chuckle. So we know that people with dyslexia find it difficult to know left left and right or automatically quickly. We can learn strategies, but we often still have to use these strategies. And I think people don't realise how much it impacts everyday life but I thought I'd just give you a little example so on a Thursday morning I get up really early and I do an early morning online yoga class it's my non-negotiable I just love it it's really good for my mind for my body for my soul and obviously when you're online like I, I try to get in the yoga zone I know lots of the moves and I try not to look too much at the screen and just kind of like listen to the instructions well, of course, obviously, like, you do things on the left and then you do things on the right. Well, today, I couldn't find my watch. And my watch is my strategy because I know that when they say left, I need to look, use the side that has got my watch on. When they say right, it's the other side. Well, I didn't have my watch on. And today, I just could not do the yoga in the right way. I kept having the wrong leg. I kept doing things backwards. Um, it was like there was a whole extra kind of like strain going on. Um, so yeah, so left and right, if you haven't got that strategy, can make a really big difference. So yeah, interesting. If you haven't got that strategy and you can't use it, the confusion that it can cause. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about today was reading so I posted, you know, we know that people with dyslexia avoid reading. And recently I've done a video about that on TikTok that's had quite a lot of interest. But I responded to a comment yesterday because it really resonated for me. Because she, and she commented, I avoid reading, yet I really want to read all at the same time. And that just really resonated with me because I have got shelves of unread books. I've got a Kindle full of books that I have downloaded and read the first three or four pages and not got any further through. And I love the idea of reading, but actually it's really exhausting and I find it really difficult. So as a result, I download these books because I desperately want the knowledge and really want to know what's inside them. Um, but just it's genuinely really exhausting and I was trying to think about kind of why that was because actually whenever I'm on holiday I read quite a lot I love reading but on an everyday basis I find that really difficult and I've realized it's because you know on a day-to-day -day basis reading for pleasure is exhausting and it is just not something I can fit into my everyday life if that makes sense so the time that I would have to read would be in the evening or before I went to bed 
And actually, at that time of the day, often, not always, but often, my brain is fried. Um, and it is really exhausting. Anyway, set myself a little challenge, because I have downloaded, I'm a massive Friends fan, like many people are Friends fans. And um, I downloaded uh, Matthew Perry's autobiography, actually, before he sadly passed away. Um, I'd already downloaded it. So anyway, I decided that I'm going to try and work my way through it. So I've set myself the little challenge of reading three pages a night. It's going to potentially take me six months to read it, but I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to try and read three pages a night and see if I can work through it. So watch this space and I'll let you know how I get on. So that's it for today. I hope that you all have a wonderful week. Um, If you are new to the podcast, please do go back and listen to previous episodes. Please don't forget to subscribe um, and share far and wide. But all that is left for me to say is always look on the dyslexic side of life. Have a great week, guys.